Trim set, check your heading north, light heading at 074. Check your altimeter set, 2946, corrected center point elevation, 0 feet. Check your barrel running 0, check your SS 1230, 3034. Check your field, check your speed up, lights out. Welcome to the Renegade Aviator Radio Show with David Costa. Bob, Moe, up near the wind, John. Two soldiers are fine. We on the airfield and airspace. You are clear for takeoff. Have a good one. Thanks, Moe, clear for takeoff. Check your parker brake off. Check your trim set. Check your nozzle steering on. Maneuver. Damn it, half school face. Left turn out. Let's run them up. Both brakes now. The Renegade Aviator combines jet airshow performances and this radio show to promote aviation, excellence, overcoming obstacles, and achieving goals. Here he is, the Renegade Aviator, David Costa. Ladies and gentlemen, this is David Costa. I am the Renegade Aviator. And you know what? What is an air show? We have air show professionals on our show each and every week for a reason, because it is excellence demonstrated. It is possibility demonstrated. And I am pleased today to have Carol Pilon of Third Strike Wing Walking. So, you know what? Flying an airplane is pretty darn cool, but standing on top of an airplane, I get goosebumps thinking about it, Carol. So welcome to the Renegade Aviator Radio Show. What you do scares the living daylights out of me, and I fly jets. <laughs> well, that's okay, David, because honestly, it offers a certain amount of job security. <laughs> yeah. Carol, what got you started in wing walking? I'm sure everybody's seen wing walkers on TVs and movies, and you've been in TV shows. And But what got you started doing something like standing on top of a biplane going upside down? Well, it's really the silliest thing, David. While most people were familiar with what they wanted to be when they were going to grow up, I didn't. I knew that I was attracted towards aviation. And one fine day, I was sitting at home watching an ad on television for my local air show. And I saw a nanosecond of a wing walker go by. And honestly, uh, living up here in the frozen Canadian north, I had never heard of it, was not familiar with it, never knew such a thing existed. But that three-second clip just grabbed my spine. And wing walking has owned me ever since. On that day, that is absolutely what I knew I was supposed to be doing with the rest of my life. No ifs, ands, or buts. And for the last 25 years, that's what I've been trying to do, either become a wing walker, stay a wing walker, or be a better wing walker. Outstanding. We tell people this on a show each and every week, right? It'll hit you one day. If you go out and experience life, your passion, your calling, your purpose will smack you across the face. It'll hit hard. (laughs) (laughs) Becoming a wing walker. So explain a little bit for the people that have lived under a rock and really don't understand what it is you do. Could you kind of use a radio show to explain a little bit about what wing walking really entails? Oh, I certainly can. Wing walking is basically the art of promenading around an aircraft in full aerobatic flight at low altitude. 
Um, and when I say promenading across an aircraft, I really mean it. We go out to the lower wing, we stop at the center wing section, we traverse back through the cockpit, and even get on the top wing with a stanchion that we've attached to the aircraft. Now, as for how to get there, my story is a little different than most. I, of course, saw this television ad and picked up the phone, called the air show and said, how do, how do I become a wing walker? How do I get in touch with these people? What do I do? And the show put me in touch with the team. And the team put me in touch with ICAS, and ICAS, of course, withholds or regroups all the wing walkers at the time that were operating in North America. But no, seriously, it took me seven years from the first time I witnessed wing walking to the first time I got out in an airplane, and that would not have happened if I'd have even pretended to give up for a second. So a lot of dedication and a lot of annoying wing walking teams, basically stalking them, allowed me to actually get my first chance out on a wing. And uh, the process of learning how to do it is kind of bizarre. If you're learning how to become a pilot, uh, somebody will be there teaching you. They'll be sitting in the other seat beside you and going through everything with you and acting as a safety net for you in case you're not apt. But with wing walking, all you can really do is practice on the ground. And once that's done, when it's time to actually execute, you're on your own. And that's why it takes such a long time for somebody to have trust enough in you to be able to let you out there because... Nobody can help you once you're out there that very first time. You have to go out there and do it on your own. There are certain safety measures that we can take to ensure that you're going to be successful in your first sortie, but still, it's a risk because you just have no idea how that individual is going to react in those circumstances. I mean, I don't know if you understand this, but when you stick your head up outside and start moving around that airplane, the wind is screaming louder than the engine. It is a little intimidating the first time. I can imagine. I've flown open cockpit biplanes and just sticking my hand out or just getting a gust of wind sideways if you're doing aerobatics. But for somebody like you to climb out and hold on it, I guess it's obvious, but you're not wearing a parachute. You're out there holding on safely, obviously, but you're out there literally without a parachute in case you were to have a problem. Is that correct? Let's have a talk about parachutes and wing walking. Parachutes and wing walking are counterproductive. (laughs) The first thing is a parachute just has so much drag and so much weight and so much bulk. And our whole goal is to be streamlined fast. We want to be like cats on a tin roof. We just want to slip and slide and just tippy toe. And we don't want to make a sound and we want to be super fast. And you can't do that if you're dragging around a 25 to 45 pound parachute that the wind is catching under and is trying to suck you off. The other issue with a parachute is we operate far too low to the ground for it to be effective for us in any real-time sense. The only way a parachute would help us is if we were like at 3,000 or 2,000 feet. My whole aerobatic show is under 1,000 feet, and most of that is spent like way under 1,000 feet. So realistically, there's not a whole lot of time to even think about using a parachute with the altitude we have. So parachutes are counterproductive to anything that we're trying to do in real time. But I will tell you this, everybody that gets on my team or on my airplane or in my cockpit as a wing walker is going to be wearing a steel cable that attaches them to the aircraft. So let's have an understanding about what that means. It is a tether, and it is there for the sole purpose of catching you if you lose your grip and are propelled aft of the aircraft or off the aircraft. And it will see us dangling, possibly with our chest kind of up against the trailing edge. So no falling allowed on my team at any point in time. So the tether is there to save us in the most dire instance, 
but it does not assist us while we're moving about the aircraft. Perfect. And that is a key. So I got in the aviation because I'm afraid of heights. I was checking the oil on my jet yesterday. I had to climb up a ladder and I was scared. So when I look at someone (laughs) like you, (laughs) I'm going, holy cow, how could they do that? It's got to be just concentration defined. But you look like you're having so much fun. Every time I watch Wing Walk. I'm having so much fun. You need to understand that is my world. Everything I do on the ground, all the training, all the moving the airplane, all the running around and, you know, doing the paperwork, that's all drudgery to me. And the only reason I do it is so that I can have that 10, 12 minutes up there. It's where I'm supposed to be in the world. It's it's my whole world when I'm up there, and it's just absolutely blissful for me. That is key right there, where you're supposed to be in the world. I love that. I just wrote that down. Hey, look, we're coming up to the first break, ladies and gentlemen. Carol is going to be back after this break. You got to listen to this because this is outstanding. Carol Pilon from Third Strike Wing Walking. This is David Costa. Stay tuned. Listen to my advertisers, and we will be right back. For me, wing walking is about the ultimate freedom. And and once you've tasted that type of freedom, I mean, you just can't ever go back. It is absolutely liberating. But if you mess up even a little bit, it's all over. You have to be responsible for everything you do and everything you own. Extreme responsibility is also the only way that you get to freedom. They go together. They're two different sides to the same coin. Call our listener line, 888-366-5256. Ask a question, leave a comment, 888-366-5256. Five two five six. After 10,000 hours of practice, the black belt is ready to begin learning. Do you want to be an elite level pilot or just someone who flies airplanes? Want to improve safety, have more confidence, enjoy flying more? Do you know any elite performer who does not use a coach? Thought so. 888-366-5256. Say, hey, Dave, I want to be a black belt aviator and we'll send you the details. 
All right, ladies and gentlemen, David Costa, the renegade aviator. You know, it's really cool to be a wing walker, and you've seen wing walkers on biplanes. But Carol, I've got Carol Pilon, third strike wing walking. If you missed a first segment, go back and find my podcast version of the show. You need to do it because you don't want to miss anything with this. Carol, I got a question. I was reading your bio, and I'm going... <laughs> Okay, we've seen other people on biplanes, and then it looks like you wing walked on a jet, and then I dropped my pen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, back in my early days of wing walking, the first team that I gained employment with was Jimmy Franklin Air Shows, and he at the time had a modified jet Waco with a T-38 General Electric engine strapped to the belly of it. So that was kind of different. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, you know, biplanes aren't the only thing that you can walk on. I've also walked on a Quicksilver Ultralight with uh, Bob Essel. I've walked on an Agcat. I've walked on a Stearman, a Waco, a modified Waco. And the last stunt we tried was on a T6, believe it or not. Uh, actually, it was a Harvard, but I just threw T6 out there so our American friends would know what it was. <laughs> yeah. And uh, what we were trying to do was I basically stood up on the uh, laundrons on the back cockpit, and we tried to form up two other Harvards uh, so that they would touch my hands and I would reunite the three aircraft. But we got pretty close, and then we just ran out of time and up against the wall for training, and we just said, ah, let's not do this <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. In the first segment, it hit me seven years before someone lets you get up on the airplane. And, and you used the word stalking, which I love because <laughs> I, I really love that because so many people are wannabes in life. And it doesn't matter if you want to do ballet, wing walking, flying fighter jets or building a house. It doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. But people, they all want to tell us, and I'm sure you've heard this, all the should have, could have, would have stories in their lives. And you bring that, you know, seven years. Who's passionate enough about what they do in their own lives to work hard for seven years just to start? Well, you know, David, it was pretty simple to me. I already knew I was a wing walker. It didn't matter that I'd done it or not. <laughs> 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 I just needed them to understand the reality. <laughs> you just have to go and make your own reality. My whole life has never been about, rather, being the square peg fitting in the square hole. As a matter of fact, at one point, I was out of a job as a wing walker and uh, was looking to uh, get back into it and couldn't find any pilots that wanted to work with me or pilots that I wanted to work with. And I said, well, this is just wrong. You know, there are seven wing walking teams in North America, and there are three that I possibly want to work with, and they don't want to work with me. And I'm like, yeah, three people aren't going to decide the rest of my life. So I decided to do something really silly. I went out with a completely false business plan, secured a loan, bought an airplane, started training my own pilots and formed my own team. So just because somebody says, no, I'm not going to hire you, doesn't mean you can't go and create the world you need to survive in or to be successful in or to have a blast in. If the world isn't there, just make it. That is outstanding, right? If they won't open a door for you, build it on your own. Just build the whole thing yourself. Doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> it just doesn't matter. <laughs> people expect that. And I guess that that's what we try as we reach out to people that are listening to this show. People just expect that since they have an idea that people are going to embrace their idea and pat them on the head and say, great, how can I help you? But you've got to earn your way in. And you certainly did. And then sometimes... 
no matter how much you earn your way in, people put a roadblock up for you. Oh, that's life. That yeah. wouldn't be fun if it was all easy. Everybody <laughs> would do it. <laughs> I love it. Everybody would do it and it would bore me. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Life is supposed to be fun. It is supposed to be fun. So, you know, when you're up there and the plane's rolling around and you're moving around, concentrating on what you're doing, but you can, this is a stupid question, but I ask a lot of stupid questions. That's what I do. Um, Go for it. You can see the crowd. You can see them moving, right? So when people are down there waving at you, can you see that from the airplane? Because people think the pilot and the performers are not paying attention to them on the ground at an air show. Well, right now you are talking to a 20-some-odd-year veteran. So at this point in my career, yes, I do look around. And yeah, I do see people doing stuff. But you know what? Most of my time is spent on the airplane and my next handhold. For the first three years, I wouldn't even acknowledge the crowd line. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I was so zoned in on my deal and what I was doing that I had big old blinders up, but now it's, uh, I'm a little more relaxed in my position and I take time to smell the flowers, so to speak, and check everything out while I'm out there. One particular show I was flying and my pilot said, wasn't that an incredible view of the river? And I'm like, huh, what river? <laughs> <laughs> so on the second flight, I took the time. Oh yeah, look, it is an incredible view of the river. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> You get pretty focused on what you're doing up there. It's a really cool experience because everything in the world shrinks down into simplicity and elegance. The only thing I'm concerned with is my next handhold, my next foot move, my next shoulder grab. It becomes that simple. And that's why I like it. It's really a state of grace. It is. It really is living life in the present, right? So many people worry about what mistakes they had made in the past, and we all have them. And then some people worry yep. about what's going to happen tomorrow, but you personify then living in the present. It's very therapeutic. I get to forget about everything in the world except that thing that I'm doing at that moment. It's a gift. <laughs> Outstanding. So, uh, okay, David Costa, Renegade Aviator. I love this. We are going to come back after the next break, and I'm going to bring up a movie. As you were talking about, you know, living in the present there and how you can see people after 25 years of continuous excellence. I'm going to bring up a movie as we start the next segment. So, David Costa, Renegade Aviator. We're going to be right back, ladies and gentlemen. Here we go. I know you're out there. I can feel you now. I know that you're afraid. You're afraid of us. You're afraid of change. I don't know the future. I didn't come here to tell you how this is going to end. I came here to tell you how it's going to begin. I'm going to hang up this phone, and then I'm going to show these people what you don't want them to see. I'm going to show them a world without you. A world without rules and controls, without borders or boundaries. A world where anything is possible. Where we go from there is a choice I leave to you. Make aviation great again. David Costa, the renegade aviator, will be right back. He told me to say that. Carol Pilo from Third Strike Wing Walking, and today we will be visiting with Renegade Aviator Radio and talking a bit with David Costa. 
Negative, sir. The aircraft is still at the gate. Well, it's pushing now. Okay, and I have no way to get you there, and they have not begun pushing yet. I will pull you when I can get you there, and the gate is actually available. I've been doing this for a long time. I will move you when I can get you there. Okay. We're running short of you. I wanna fly. This is Dave Costa, the Renegade Aviator, and I want to put a plug out for thousands of the local small airports all over this country. Chances are, wherever you live, there is a great airport right nearby. Go visit them and tell them that David Costa, the Renegade Aviator, sent you. These airports provide real value to local communities, and you will be amazed at who you will meet and what you will find there. Come fly with me, let's fly, let's fly away. If you can. No, David, I don't know why the FAA called. They just said they wanted to talk to you about that flyby. Oh, the host of the Renegade Aviator, David Costa. All right, ladies and gentlemen, David Costa, the Renegade Aviator, from the last segment. Um, talking to Carol Pilon, third strike wing walking. You were talking about you know living in the present, and you were talking about how things after 25 years of doing this as an air show professional, demonstrating excellence, you now were able to see what people are doing on the ground. You're able to look around, although you need high concentration. What dawned on me was the movie The Matrix. Remember at the end when Neo put his hands up and all the bullets kind of stopped or what they're doing the karate? And Yeah, I haven't figured out how to do that yet. As soon as I do, I'll let you know. <laughs> it's just taken our 25 years. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, another seven at least. There you go. But Carol, tell us a little bit about your team, where people can find more information about you and maybe any sponsors or anybody you want to give a shout out to. Oh, sure. Well, first of all, my team is exceptional and we were going to be talking about them shortly. And if you want to find out information about me, uh, the best place to go is thirdstrike.ca or carolpilon.com. And you can find those uh, by putting in a www in front of both of them. So, again, that's thirdstrike.ca or carolpilon.com. And, of course, you can follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Although I don't use Twitter too much because I feel it's a lot like shouting at the world, and I like to communicate with the world instead. <laughs> I love it. Can I ask a question? Why Third Strike? I love the name. Oh, goodness. Third Strike. That is a really, really sad story. When I first started up my team, I was talking with another wing walker and she was telling me it would not work because I didn't have a proven name and people buy the pilot. They don't buy the wing walker because the pilot's accredited, blah, 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 blah. And I was getting rained on doom. And I said, yeah, I said, you know, I might as well just call my team, team bird strike. And, you know, that was a joke between wing walkers because a bird strike is the worst thing that could possibly happen to a wing walker. But because I don't really listen to people who just uh, poo-poo on my ideals too much, I just kind of laughed it off, and third strike came out of bird strike. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> now, anybody who heard this is not allowed to tell anybody else. We it's won't. A trade secret. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll keep it totally top secret. You can trust us. <laughs> so, my team, can I tell you how excited I am about my team? You can. 
I've started doing something. I actually started in 2016, and now I'm full-fledged into it. What is a wing walker to do after a 20-year stellar career as a wing walker? I could keep doing wing walking for another 20 years, and I would be doing exactly the same thing I was doing 20 years ago, or I could try to grow a little bit. And that growth has taken the shape of something incredible. I have now developed a dual wing walking routine on my team so that I can secure mentorship for the future generations of wing walkers that are out there. So the end goal is to take wing walkers, bring them onto my team, give them every ounce of training that I can, whether it's on ground, media interviews, booking shows, being an excellent wing walker, aircraft maintenance, pilot selection, everything. So they come onto my team, spend a couple of years with me, and hopefully at the end I can churn them out and help them establish their own wing walking team so that we can have an ongoing legacy. Right now, there are only two operational wing walking teams on the circuit with a third that is semi-retired and one fixed base wing walking team out on the East Coast. So I'm concerned about the future of wing walking, and I've developed this program in the hopes of allowing wing walkers a chance because it is so terribly difficult and expensive to get into. And also, again, pilots learn how to pilot from other pilots, so why shouldn't wing walkers have a school? I've made one for them. And these girls are doing awesome. It makes perfect sense. And I wrote down the word given back, right? I mean, if you have the right purpose, you want to give it back. It is that abundance. It's not, oh, I'm going to keep people out. It's not a closed door. Not that I'm here. <laughs> yeah, that's excellent. But that's not traditional. That's not everybody in air shows or in any profession. So you need to look for, ladies and gentlemen, those people like Carol. We're going to come right back after the break, and I want to continue on to this. And you're going to hear some of Carol's words of advice and some more about wing walking. Really, really cool stuff. Carol Pilon, Third Strike Wing Walking with David Costa, the renegade aviator. Stand by and listen to these commercials. I promise it won't be painful. When I get ready to fly at an air show, um, I kind of go into this mode where I kind of do this Jekyll Hyde thing. <laughs> all of a sudden I'm Carol, and then all of a sudden I'm Carol, but I'm closed. I don't become somebody else. I'm still the same me. I just become simplified. I stop thinking about everything else. My rental car, my taxes, it's ancient history. I just close down doors on my life. And the only thing I am concerned about is what I have to do. Once I get you up there where the air is rarefied we'll just glide. Hey, are you looking to buy or sell a jet aircraft? Give me a call, 888-366-5256. We can broker your current jet or turboprop, buyer's agents, management services that save you so much, it's like I'm working for free. Free consultations, of course. Call my office, leave a message, get my personal call back, 888-366-5256. Renegade Jets, what else would I call it? David Costa, a legend in his own mind. 
The Renegade Aviator, in the air and on air. Here we go. All right, ladies and gentlemen, David Costa, the Renegade Aviator. You know I'm sitting here talking to Carol Pilon, Third Strike Wing Walking, and the Wing Walking School, and I'm thinking, hmm, could a slightly aged 250-pound guy be a wing walker? And then I thought, no, there's no wing strong enough to hold me aside. <laughs> but Carol, <laughs> you can mentor somebody who looks up in the sky and says, hey, I want to do that. I want to live my life on purpose, and that's what I want to do. And I just want to make sure that I heard you correct. People can approach you and take your course, go to your school, and learn at the hand of a master, somebody who's been doing this for 25 years. Yep. Well, it's not that simple, David. I charge a hefty fee. And the fee I charge, of course, is not money, but it's a lifelong commitment. I won't choose just anybody. You have to demonstrate to me that you have the ability to financially secure an aircraft, that you have the right job that will allow you to go out and take the time off that you need to both train and be proficient at air shows. It's not a small fee. It's a huge one. Um, Right now, we are just in the beginning of what we're doing, and the two girls I've picked, I'm positive, will go forward and start their own team. And that's the price ticket. So if you want to come in and just throw money at me, that's not going to work in the slightest because I have no interest in taking people for joy rides. I have no interest in taking people up who want to have an adventure. What I'm looking for are candidates that are willing to commit their life to the art of wing walking and to make it better for future generations. That's great. But you know what? What else worthwhile? Ladies and gentlemen, what you're hearing Carol say, this is no different from any skill or anything of excellence in life you want to do. Nobody is going to sit there and just say, as you mentioned, Carol, throw me a bunch of money and I'll make it all better. No, you need to dedicate in no matter what you do in life. And and I think even if you're listening here today and say, look, I'm afraid of heights, would never get up on the wing of an airplane. This is part of the reason we go to air shows, to look at the possibility and to listen to what Carol is just telling us. There's people out there that can be a mentor and a coach, but you got to step up first. Am I saying that wrong? You need to step up in life first. Well, what you need to do is elevate your life. At the end of the day, it doesn't really matter what you're doing. My real-life job is I take care of a grocery store that is owned by my family. And tomorrow, or actually this afternoon, I'm going to be undoing an order. And when I'm placing that order, I'm going to be looking to put stuff on the shelf in the right place at the right time, and it's going to be faced perfectly. You can bring a level of excellence to anything you do in life, even if it's mundane and tedious. And just by elevating your own experience, you will, in fact, elevate your whole life. Trust me, it's a real thing. If you're searching for excellence, it'll find you, you'll find it, and then you can just grow on it. But it has to start with even the mundane. That is so true. I love the word elevate. Like you said, it is that. It's a decision. You're not born into it. It's not easy. It gets easier with time, but time is decades a lot of time, right? But you always have to search for excellence. You always have to be cruising for it. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Something else comes up in aviation, and I saw this mentioned on your website as well, where you mentioned worst case scenario management. And we in aviation in general. We manage risk. We're not daredevils, meaning we're not out there trying to 
risk life and limb. We're managing risk. And I love how you well, said it. I'm kind of a daredevil. Sorry. Got to say it. <laughs> <laughs> Can't really wear that mantle. <laughs> but yeah, risk assessment and risk management. Seriously, that's the only way that you get to wake up in the morning and keep doing it. Absolutely. You want to think about what could happen. You want to think about how you would mitigate stuff. I'm hearing this and you got to listen to this, ladies and gentlemen, because what you're hearing from Carol is this passion, is this drive, is this joy. You love what you do, which allows you to do other things in your life. You've got to have something in life that you really just get up every day and just that's my opinion, but what do I know? I'm just a pilot. Well, you should, you should at least try to find it. You should at least look for it. <laughs> at the very least. <laughs> outstanding. Well, Carol, this has been outstanding. You've been on TV, so we can find you on the Discovery Channel. The It was Air Show, right? That was the name of the show. Uh, yeah, it was called Air Show. We did 12 episodes, and I believe it's for sale on iTunes right now. Ooh. Pursuant to that, I did Ciel. I've been on the Fox feature presentation of Amelia 2009. There's a little bit of wing walking going on there and did a documentary with TF1 just recently. And if you want to see some awesome 360 degree reality filming of wing walking, National Geographic has a video up on their Facebook page and it's uh, gotten like 3.8 million views so far. It's very cool. You strap on the goggles and it's like you're wing walking with me. <laughs> Outstanding. That's really cool. Well, again, Carol, thank you so much for coming on today. Carol Pilon, Third Strike Wing Walking, and uh, I will see you in an air show, and I will be scared on the ground. I like to be tightly strapped into my jet when I'm upside down, so uh, I give you all the kudos, and uh, I love what you do well, out there. I will there. have fun scaring you. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Carol, thank you so much again for coming on the Renegade Aviator Radio Show, and uh, we will see you out there. I appreciate it. My pleasure, David. All right. I get nervous. I get a little frantic. I have a little too much energy. You, you start getting a little adrenaline going. You know, it's kind of like a pony in a gate getting ready to run. It knows it's going to run, and it wants to run. It's just waiting for the gate to open. I think I actually psych myself into that state. Clear. The nervous energy comes with me right up onto the airplane. And I use it. I use it with a vengeance. <laughs> you have to harness it, and it's what allows you to actually get through the routine. Make, make no mistake, it is physically harrowing out there, so it gets used up. Call David Costa, the Renegade Aviator, 888-366-5256. Promote aviation, ladies and gentlemen. There are opportunities for pilots, mechanics, engineers, air traffic controllers, and all kinds of support staff in aviation. Interested in a career in aviation but don't know where to start? Give me a call. 888-366-5256. Leave a message. We will call you back and do our best to help you 
on your new career in aviation. 888-366-5256. So Beyond ambition, beyond desire, beyond limitations, beyond the quest for perfection lies only the knowledge and the certainty that one can achieve more, give more, and be more. Strive for it. Carol Pilon, Wing Walker. Outstanding quote. Damn, I wish I said that. (laughs) Beyond this cool factor in life, there are people doing things that some people dream about, that some wish they could, that others make excuses why they could not. Carol said it. This is my life, my destiny. Throttle up. Air shows are excellence and possibility demonstrated. So be open to possibility. Be open to the daredevil nature in all of us. Be the person who makes a decision. And then be the person that you hope to become. Does that make any sense? It does to me. You can do anything if you've got the guts to persist and the ability to face obstacles head on. Time and time again, every time we talk to people who do what others merely talk about, we see the same pattern. They show up and they persist. There was something else that Carol said that stuck with me here today at the end of my show being recorded in Seattle this week. No matter what you believe your passion and purpose to be, you can start being excellent today, right now, in virtually anything that you do. Don't you dare wait for your invitation to be excellent. Start right now with whatever it is you are doing stocking store shelves in a grocery store, or doing a radio show, excellence is also a decision. You decide to accept less than excellent, you are a screw-up. So elevate yourself. Carol ended with two gems that deserve mention. I'm going to say them right here. We talk about this stuff all the time. Grow every day. Elevate, right? Give back. Giving your passion, your purpose, your excellence back to those who have done the things to be worthy of your time. That's a key point. Give back. You're right on, Carol. This is our life, our destiny. Our paths may be different, but the command is still the same. Throttle up. When you do it right, it's one hell of a ride. 888-366-5256. Yep. 888-366-5256. Give me a call anytime and leave me a message. I would love to hear your story of excellence at full throttle. This is David Costa. Come out and see us fly our TS-11 Iskra jet at an air show this year. I am the renegade aviator working hard each day to decide to be excellent no matter what, no matter how many times I stumble. Thanks, Carol Pilon of Third Strike Wing Walking. See ya. So be-